0: All right, get ready, get ready, get ready. You can sit down. Love you guys. So good to be here. Man, Oasis, you look awesome. You're doing amazing. God is growing you in so many ways. I'm going to do my timer here so that I can blame it on something that I I didn't know what I was doing. Look at this place. When we were here a year ago, uh, we got to come in. You had just gotten the building, and uh, there was nothing in here. We came in and prayed. And now there's some really cool-looking people in here. Uh, That is awesome, awesome. So glad to be here. Um, Really glad because back in Spokane, where we're from, there's about that much snow on the ground right now. So that is an added benefit that we're very excited. Do you know you are blessed to be at Oasis? If you're a part of this church, you are blessed to be at Oasis. This is a healthy place. This is a place where God is moving. There's lots of great churches in every city but it's so powerful when God connects you with your tribe, when you find who, who God's called you to walk with, and you are blessed with some amazing pastors. And I love saying this, that we're not just ministry-related. They're family. They're family. Matter of fact, their kids are going home with us back to the States. Christy, you were pushing for that, weren't you, that, that they would go with us? But when we come here, we come home to family. We're not we're not some ministry trip. This is, this is family. And so uh, I just want to encourage you. And what a season you're in. What a season you're in. Uh, last week, five people raising their hands to give their lives to Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? That's huge. That's amazing. Um, you're just blessed. You're maturing uh, as a congregation together. Um, the new building, God's raising up. We got to share with uh, leadership team on Monday night, amazing team of leaders that God is putting together. Things look really bright for the future for Oasis. So we're blessed and excited to be here. And I want to, Sally preached my message. Um, I'm going to take a little longer than you did, but I, I, I'm, she preached my message um, that I, my goal today, what God's been telling me for Oasis is to help you see God's vision for your life and for Oasis, and to dream bigger dreams. God has bigger dreams for you, bigger plans for you. So go with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We're going to put it on the screen, and I'm going to read it to you out of the message. And this is what it says. God can do anything, you know. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-huh. Yes, he can. God can do anything, you know. Now, here's the important part. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. I mean, I mean, talk about God just taking off the lid and saying, come on, baby, dream big dreams with me. Come on, you and I, I'm going to talk today about things that limit our dreams, limit our vision. And God is going to call us out today and say, I want you to dream my dreams for your life, my dreams for your family, my dreams for your church and for your city. So we're going to look at someone in the, in the Old Testament. If you're new to church, that's the first half of the Bible. And his name's Abraham. Matter of fact, we're going to catch up with him early enough. Uh, his name is Abram. He hasn't changed his name to Abraham yet. And at the age of 75, God calls him out between 70 and 75. And Abraham loads up his family and goes, not knowing where he's going, but just because God said go, Abram heads out and takes his family. So they have been wandering. They have been following the Lord. And we find ourselves in Genesis 12. We're not going to read there yet. Just going to tell you a little bit about it. In Genesis 12, God comes to Abram and he says this. He says, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. And I, can, I think Abram probably went, woohoo, come on, yes. Big family, all kinds of good stuff. I'm going to be a great nation. Come on, God, bring it on. And then we roll into chapter 13. It's been a little while. And God comes back to him and actually enlarges the vision a little bit. And he says, Abram, he says, hey, if I want you to look and see the dust of the earth. If you could count the dust of the earth, that's how many your offspring's going to be. And it's been a little while and he hasn't even had one child yet. And so I think Abraham might have been a little more subdued in his, woo-hoo, okay. That's awesome, God. Um, sounds kind of like the other one, only bigger. Leave it to you, God, that I don't even have part of the dream yet. And you're enlarging the vision, okay. And now we're going to roll into, and we're going to read in Genesis 15. Abraham, it's been 10 years since Genesis 12, 10 years, and he still doesn't have one child. And Abraham is struggling in his faith. Abraham is struggling just like you and I do in our faith journey at different times. And uh, let's let's read that Genesis 15, verse 4. Says the Lord then said to him to Abram, "No, your servant will not be your heir." Well, what does that mean? Well, he got tired of waiting for his own child and doesn't see it happening. So he's got a plan that he's run by God. He says, hey, God, there, you know, there's this one person in my house. How about, if, you know, they're the only one that can be my heir. And God says, Abraham, no, not your plan, my plan. So he says, no, not your heir. That's not who your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him. Now, very interesting here. What does that mean? He took him outside. Abraham lived in tents. That's what he lived in. This is our prop today. Abraham lived in tents. And so when God got Abraham outside, what he did was say, Abraham, come on outside of your tent. I want you to look up into the sky and I want you to see the stars. And if you can number them, that's how many children, offspring you're going to have. So he says, Abram took him outside and said to him, look up. Oasis, that's what God's going to say to you today. Look up. Where your marriage is concerned, God's going to call you out and say, look up. Where your family is concerned, God's going to say, come out and look up. That's where we're going today. As far as a church, as far as a city, as far as a nation, why not have revival in Australia? Why not have the spirit of God move so powerfully that our schools come alive with the presence of God, that kids by the thousands are getting saved and turning their lives over to Jesus? Why don't we get out from our limitations and look up and dream God's dreams over cities and nations? Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So it's been 10 years, not even one child yet. And it says Abraham believed. Okay, God, I'm going to believe. And that just blessed the heart of God. Now, he has some struggles after this, like you and me. Matter of fact, he laughs at God a few years down the road. Sarah laughs at God a few years down the road. But at this point, he grabs a hold of faith. So as the Lord was speaking to me, I, I want to look at obviously this tent represented something that limited Abraham's vision. And I want to look at what did that tent represent that we could apply to our lives today that limits us from dreaming God's big dreams. So I was praying, I was asking the Lord, God, what does is, what is that tent represent? And the first thing the Lord told me was it's man made. In your life and my life, what keeps us from seeing God's big dreams and God's vision is normally man-made. I came up with it. Somebody else came up with it and tried to put a limitation on me. Do you understand if you're in the tent, if you're in whatever this is, it blocks you from seeing the stars. So as, as I was looking at the tent, thinking about the tent, well, but the tent was a good thing, wasn't it? I mean, the tent kept water off their back. The tent was a place of safety and security. So, there are some things in our lives that are good, that have their season, that have a purpose, but they can limit our vision that God wants to give us. So, I got about five things I want to go over that as I prayed, the Lord showed me some things that limit, that if we're in there, in that limiting atmosphere, we can't see what God wants us to fully see. So, that's where we're going to go. So, are you ready to go through about five things? Sometimes we don't realize, I thank you for the three of you. How about the rest of you? Good, I knew you were here. I didn't hear any snoring, so I knew you were here. We don't realize sometimes what limits our vision, what limits our vision. So, number one, the first thing I want to look at is something that limits our vision, our current situation, our current situation. And let's, let's take your job. You read about God being owning the cattle on a thousand hills. He's, El, he's our, our provider. He is all these different things in our lives. He wants to flow finances to us. And we think, I could never pay my house off because, and we look at our job, and that job limits us from seeing. If all we can see is our job, then we can't see God's dream. And I've said this for years at Victory Faith. I'll tell people, I get paid to do what I do at Victory Faith, and I'm so grateful for that, but I have always declared from day one when we were there, Victory Faith is not my source. They give me a paycheck, but God's my source. And I have declared that through the years, and Moni and I have seen God go outside our jobs and bring in financial miracles and blessings because we've made that declaration, God, we're going to come out from under our job. Don't quit your job. We have come out from under that limiting factor instead of looking up and say, well, I'm looking at my job. And my job says I can't go there. I can't go to the nations. I can't do that. And God says, come out from under that limiting factor and look up at me. I'm your source, not your job. I'm your source and I can do impossible things. I'm not short on funds I've got all you need God says come on get out from there maybe it's your health your current situation is you've got health challenges And and so you look up and you say, well, I want to dream about the future, but I don't even know if I'm going to live. I don't even know if I maybe I won't even this limiting thing that's in my physical body. Maybe I'll never be able to get to go do this. And God says, come out from under that limitation. I want to heal you. I want to restore you. I want to bless you. Come out from under that and dream big dreams of the future. You know, when I had doctors 17 years ago declare that I wasn't going to live. I had to come out from under that and I would on purpose dream dreams that were 20, 30, 40 years down the road because I was not going to let that limit and and that be my my reality. I was saying, God, I'm looking at you instead of what this diagnosis is. And I'm going to believe that you're able to heal me and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go do that. God says, come on, come out from under that limiting. Maybe it's your marriage maybe it's your family, maybe whatever it is, whatever your current situation is, God says it doesn't have to stay that way. If you keep looking at that and limiting me to that, then you will probably stay there. But if you will come out from under whatever your current situation is and look up at me and dream my dreams, sky's the limit for what I can do. Can you hear that? Because sometimes we say, well, God, this is how it's always been. This is how it's going to be. God says, that ain't true. Don't let that be the ceiling on your vision. How about number two? Second thing, our past and our experiences. Our past, well, this is how it's always been. Or it's always been like that in my family. And so instead of looking up and dreaming God's dreams, that limitation is there. Well, I tried it three times and it didn't work. Or that's just my experience. It's how it's always been. And God says, I'm bigger than your experience. Get it? Well, how do we dream God's dream? We open up the word of God and we find the promises of God to us. And that's how we dream God's dreams, God's big dreams. So leaving what is behind. Maybe somebody says, Well, I don't know if I can get plugged into a church. I was hurt in a church in the past. God says, Come out from under your past experience. And dream my dreams because I have amazing relationships for you. You can accomplish far more together than you could do by yourself. God says, come on out from under that old experience. Get healed and let's go change the world. Come out from the limitations of your experience and what has gone on in the past in your life. How about this one? Number three, your age. Well, God... I'm old enough. It's time to pack it in and just I'm going to coast the rest of my. I mean, I uh, my best days are behind me. Baloney! I can say that, can't I? Abraham didn't have Isaac till he was 100 years old. Look at your neighbor and say, "Wow." Abraham did not finally get that son until. He was 100 years old. So don't say, well, I mean, it's just some of you are thinking of dying. Some of you are thinking of quitting or giving up. I'm serious. Some of you have given up and think that the best days are behind you. That is not God's plan. Come out from under what culture says about your age. Come out from under whatever you think about your age and look up and say, and God's going to tell you your best days are still ahead of you. And don't say, well, I'm too young. I can't do this. I can't do that. The Bible says, let no man despise your youth. You dream big dreams, powerful dreams. Here's another one, number four. Do you know what the church was created for? The church was created for us to grow, to live together, to deal with issues in our life. It's where we get equipped and trained. That's what the church is for. But a problem happens along the way. Sometimes we live in a consumer culture. Could you say consumer culture? Could the rest of you say consumer culture? Consumer culture. And so we come to church as consumers and we say, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. Bless God, they better not sing. They better sing my favorite songs or I'm out of here. And if brother love hugs me one more time, I am out of here and bless God, they better make me happy. They better make me happy or I'm out of here. And I guarantee you, if church is all about you, you won't be happy. You won't be happy. Listen, 51%, I say this everywhere I go, 51%. Anybody know what that means? What's 51%? The majority, yes, thank you, the majority. At least 51% of why you go to church should be for other people. Because if it's not, pretty soon you won't like it. Because you don't like the song, you don't like this, you don't like that, but if you come because of other people, that God is going to bring other people there that you're going to meet, you're going to connect with, you're going to get to know. And and listen, relationships are are classrooms in our destiny. It's where we grow, and it's where we get tested. It's absolutely where we get tested. And our world, our culture is, is so much online that they say, if I get offended with a relationship, I just go. I'm out of here. And God says, where's the growth in that? God wants to teach us, especially in a church setting where it's safe, that if we get offended or somebody bothers us, we walk through it. We work through it. We grow and mature and they grow and mature. So it's not all about me. It is when I come to church, it needs to be about other people, helping other people, dreaming with other people. Do you know if I want to get closer to God, one of the main ways to do it is go on mission with him? He said, I came to seek what's what's, what's Jesus doing right now? He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. What else did he say? I'll leave the ninety nine and go after the one. Jesus is on mission to see people saved. He hears the heart cry of everybody out there. He hears the lives being destroyed out there every hour of every day. He knows what's going on and he wants us to get on mission with him. And so if if we want to have a really happy life, lock arms with Jesus, especially in a local congregation or a church like Oasis, and get to know what it is like to go seek and save and find the lost with him. Number five, last one. Once protected boundaries. Well, Craig, what's that? Well, maybe in the past you went through a divorce or your best friend betrayed you. And so... Um, You did that and so God said come here come under my wing and for a brief season here I'm just going to protect you and just you and me and we're going to we're going to get you healed and strengthened But you never left that place God meant for it to be a very temporary place But you never left that place and now it's a prison. You don't have any friends. You don't have any relationships You don't take risks with people And so now you come into a church and you just hide in a spot and then you run when when the service is over I'm not looking at anybody Not looking at anybody. And God says, come on out from under that limitation. That boundary, that protection was there for a season, but now it's a prison. Come out from under that and see. You need to get in a small group. You you need to lead. Let's take a big leap of faith. You need to lead a small group. Let's become a part of a small group. Let's build relationships because my destiny involves two things. I can guarantee everybody here, our destiny involves two things. God, whoa, whoa. What, did I catch myself or what? That was close. Let's pray for me. Father, help this man in Jesus' name. Your destiny involves, I was getting excited, wasn't I, Beck? Our destiny involves two things, God and people. There's no destiny over by yourself, just you and God. That's not it. That's not Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I can tell you're excited about that last comment, so we'll move on. We need friends. We need people around us. People are part of our destiny. I'll tell you what. With what God is doing here at Oasis and how you're growing and lives are getting changed, marriages are getting... You're going to need to go to two services before too long. Yeah. Hallelujah. I, can, I feel your excitement. <laughs> Woo! Come on. It's all about me. Come on. I'm prophesying that over you. I'm prophesying it over you. You're going to need before too long. I mean, or maybe you could do double-decker in here for a while. I don't know. But who wants to look up at the bottom of their shoes? I mean, come on. That's coming. And you know what? When we are faithful in God, we've done what he's called us to do, and he says, way to go, good and faithful servant. Guess what he does? He gives you more. He gives you more. That's the kingdom kingdom plan. Sometimes we find ourselves like Abraham. It's not going like we thought it should. I don't think it's going to happen. We get discouraged. We're short on hope. And it limits our vision. It limits our vision. And and our current situation limits our vision. And our past, it limits our, our vision. And God says, whatever you heard today that touched on something with you, come out from that tent. Come out from that limiting place. And dream my dreams. Listen, you and I have hooked our wagon to the greatest creator, the only creator of the universe. It, uh, mankind is discovering how far it is across the galaxies. And it's, it's millions of light years. You know how fast light travels? The galaxies that we've already discovered are mi- millions of light years to travel across them. And, and the Bible says God holds them all in the span of his hand. That's who you and I have hitched our wagon to. So why should we live small lives? Why should we let life limit us? Why not step out from under those things, look up and dream God's big dreams? Remember what we said at the first, they're far beyond what you and I could think or imagine. Let me finish with this verse. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2, again in the message. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, I love this, act like it. (laughs) <laughs> Not awesome. Act like it. Pull up your big boy pants, pull up your big girl pants, and act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along with your eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. God is saying to you today, Oasis, look at me. Look beyond your experience. Look beyond your current circumstance. Look beyond your age. Look beyond and let me put impossible dreams in you. Dreams that only you're going to have to get God in on because you can't do them yourself. Those, those are God's dreams. Listen, vision is a powerful thing. The Bible says that without vision, people dwell carelessly. They cast off restraint. Vision is a deterrent to sin. When I... Get God's vision and I lock in on it. I won't sin because I've got to accomplish what God has for me. Something was interfering with Abram's vision. God wants us to dream big for your family, dream big for your jobs, and dream big for your church and your city. Look up. God's dream for you is bigger than you think possible. God's dream for Oasis is bigger than you think possible.